that's right, uh I finesse my way into this game like left, right, uh Up, down, fuck you saying, what's that check, right, uh Bust downs for the whole team, what it look like, uh And shit, you could tell me Let me get to these facts Ain't no more dancing around it Everybody got that work Somehow I really doubt it Doubt it What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode five of the Competent Conversations podcast. This is season two. I'm here with the boy Taekwon Lino, and we are here <laughs> to give y'all a great episode. Uh, first of all, Taekwon, say what up to the people. Then I'm gonna tell them what we're gonna talk about because I think everyone can relate to this topic. All right, what's going on, everybody? I want to just thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for supporting us from day one you know because we've been doing this for a little bit what was it like a year now so it's been about a year thank y'all for your support thank y'all for your continued support go check out the new episode that we just dropped um we're gonna try to drop a couple episodes at y'all but as of right now we got about two of them that's new so go check that out real quick if you ain't check them out yet go ahead right right and i want to remind you guys that you can find the competent conversations podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, youtube or your favorite podcast platform so today we're going to talk about toxicity. And the thing is that I know that's a overplayed word. It's an overused word, mm-hmm. but I feel like we can all relate to it. And there's different ways that toxicity shows up. So this could be at a job. This could be uh, with a spouse. This could be with friends. Like you have to, in my opinion, the definition of it is pretty much either someone does repetitive behaviors that just suck your energy or bring your mood down. Or they do something, they did something substantial that just was so either disrespectful, uh, lack of regard, or like did something to you emotionally. And it's your choice now to either stay involved with that person or not to. What do you feel like toxicity is before we break that down and like kind of get into the dynamics of it? So just like at its core definition, toxic poison, you know what I mean? So we just take it at that. It's some type of poisonous behavior that prohibits you from doing or reaching your full potential. I think that's like a solid definition of that right there. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I feel like people could be toxic, but also uh, when you talk about it from the side of poison, like foods could be toxic, that messes up your mood, that messes up the way you think. Even your thoughts alone can be toxic if you keep like overdosing on negative thoughts, right? Which I'll get into like a little down the line, but you can say this toxic. Some... Go I was gonna say you said that there's toxic environment. So like maybe not everybody is toxic, but like a certain work environment, it just maybe like the rules at the at the job may be something that's not favorable to you. They may be like prohibiting you from reaching your full potential. Like sometimes you go to jobs and we drag into jobs. So that makes a, a toxic environment for us because now we are less energetic and about our own crafts and things things like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. so when you go to that toxic environment it's like damn like you just drained my soul like i'm just i'm happy to be out of here but now it's like man i just want to go to sleep i know i gotta come back to this bitch tomorrow man like damn you know what yeah. i mean yeah that's for sure and like you know i definitely worked at jobs where i felt like the culture wasn't good like i feel like when i would come into the job the leader at that job or you know the person who's the top person mm-hmm. in it was just like self-serving talks down to people mm-hmm. um doesn't make you want to live up to your full potential while you're in a job and it's like just ridicule consistently and um never really even complimenting people just pointing out your flaws 
Right, so right. that's an example in a job environment where someone going to that eight hours a day minimum, mm-hmm. what do you think that does to your mental and emotional health over time? Like we're taught that you can just shut it off, you know, keep work at mm-hmm. work. When you come home, leave all that stuff alone. But it's at least uh, one third of your day. You well, know, I was going to say I was just sleeping. But so that goes for a job imagine that but now imagine we have a relationship that's doing the same thing or like a uh, situationship right that is you know every time you're chilling with this person like sometimes you have some smiles and good moments but overall either the, the way that they express their energy to you it it's at your cost it's at your expense and we will attach and stay in those situations because it, it it's a form of comfort it's like but I know who this person is, you know, um, I've had so many memories with them. We've known each other for X amount of months or years. And now it's like, I'd rather not face the unknown and get that poison dropped into me slowly, opposed to starting new and cutting that person off and being available to new experiences and learning from it because toxicity is a learning experience as well. So what, what I think this, I think about like the toxicity. I think there's a certain threshold that we all have to allow ourselves to realize. When we have a threshold or a tolerance level for certain toxic behaviors, we need to realize when we are coming to that peak of that tolerance so we can start to figure out ways to kind of, I guess, relieve some of that toxic behavior or pressure. So for me, it's like going to the gym. It helps me relieve toxic um, things that come from the job. You know what I mean? When you go to the job, you have maybe like 10 people that may come with negative attitudes and you keep trying to avoid it. You keep trying to dodge them. You feel me? You dodge, you dodge, you dodge. But like every time you dodge somebody and your mind is like, damn, oh shit, this person's coming. So you already start thinking negative. You know what I mean? But when you go to like the next person or they come up behind you, something like that, like, damn, another person, or they may get a little bit of their toxic behavior out to you and you're still trying to run away. So after a certain amount of time, a certain amount of weeks of doing that, you're going to be like, damn, like I really feel like bogged down. Now you start seeing that you're replicating some of their behaviors because they've been beating at your soul the whole time with that toxic behavior. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times you got to just realize like there's a threshold and that we got to find a way to relieve some of that pressure so that we can go ahead and be successful in our own rights. You know what I mean? Now, I think you were saying something about um, toxic relationships as well. Mm-hmm. Am I right with that? Yeah, I mentioned So, that. okay. So toxic relationships... Man, like having that comfort zone to fall back on, I, I've been there before, you know. And at the end of the day, once that relationship falls apart, you end up 10 times more hurt, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, like there's some people that's in abusive relationships and they're like, damn, this person keeps beating on me every single day, whether it's verbally or physically. But then after that relationship dissipates, you're like, damn, I'm here even more now because I don't have that. And it's like, it's a tricky mindset. That's why sometimes women, when they're in abusive relationships, they find somebody else who's in an abusive relationship or was in an abusive relationship, and they're like, oh, yeah, all right, we can we can match with each other or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, they kind of just get back into another one instead of realizing that they deserve better because for this long time, you've lost your identity due to this toxicity, you know what I mean? Um, I definitely, I can see where, that's, where, that, where you're coming with that, and I, I've seen that as well. Um, what I want to say though, was like, just how we said you could learn lessons from going through toxic situations. What I've learned is that the best way to deal with that 
is to take a break. You have to relieve yourself, especially like you said, once you pass that threshold, because mm -hmm. there's a certain there's a difference between, OK, I'm dealing with someone's nonsense and their bullshit on a day to day, the little antics. Right. But yeah, then yeah. it's like there could be like at a job, like personal jabs or putting you down or making you feel like you're not valuable in a relationship. Everyone's going to have their quirks. This person may be. You know, they may burp out loud. They may fart all the time. They may curse and you don't like it. Whatever it is, everyone has their little quirks. Now, there's a threshold of, like, I can deal with your silliness or your weirdness. But then it's like when you're taking personal jabs at me or you've done something that just makes me feel like shit and, like, kind of, you know, uh, makes me feel less valued, whether someone mm -hmm. cheats on you, whether someone... Uh, let's say talks or mingles with other people of the opposite sex right in front of your face, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is, like, or like just verbally abusive. Like, so what I've, what I've learned is that you have to take a break. And a lot of times this is what the break will show you when you separate from someone or you separate from like a situation, mm -hmm. just like at work, I think people instinctively know this. That's why they take vacation days and why they take a week away and stuff like mm -hmm. that. We know that we need it to stay on our stride. So when you take that break, you're able to put things in perspective because sometimes you've gotten so wrapped up in your mindset of like uh, what this person did and how you feel about them, all the negative things they do. When you take that break, it will help you look at both sides because you're not emotionally, subjectively immersed mm -hmm. in that situation currently. You've removed yourself. So now you can look at it objectively and see where you've done stuff wrong too and also some of the positives about them that you couldn't notice because you're around them every single day. So you mm -hmm. start taking that for granted, um, opposed to when you remove yourself because of the toxicity and because of the stress and the cut, because of the anger you have, you remove yourself from it. So those emotions start to settle. They may not disappear, but they start to settle a little bit. And then you mm -hmm. can also, like I said, see things clearly for the balanced perspective of, oh, well, they do this well as well. Okay. In these situations, when we get into these arguments and fights, this is the role that I play in it. So mm -hmm. now if you want to reconnect with that person or reconnect with that job, you can go in there with a healthier perspective of and like like an actual plan. Like, mm -hmm. hey, this is what I don't like. This is what has to change if you and I are going to continue to coexist, mm -hmm. whether that be a, a supervisor at your job or whether it be someone that you're seeing. You have to put down – you have to put your foot down on these things that – don't make you feel healthy and where mm -hmm. you want to go in order to feel healthy and be okay to walk away if they do not make those changes. Um, because everyone's not going to want to get with what you want to get with because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I don't care about that. I don't want to deal with that. Or the job, they may feel like you're replaceable. So that's up to you. But also, when you're in a toxic situation, there's codependency that comes in. Yeah, codependency yeah. comes in as an element to it because if you didn't have any type of reliance for that person you would have been walked away it wouldn't even been a thought like if it's a stranger in the street or an acquaintance that just rubs you the wrong way you, know, you just won't respond to them on a text or mm -hmm. you just won't hang out with them anymore or if it's a certain supermarket you don't like going to you just go to a different one there's a deeper emotional attachment so there's some reliance on that person mm -hmm. or situation but by taking that break you get to restore your independence and your own mind because we get infused with another mind when we're with them mm -hmm. so you get to purge yourself of that know who you are just personally and now you know how you can approach every situation and mm -hmm. what you need in every situation why because you know yourself again you found yourself again with mm -hmm. a job or with someone you're seeing that's all like the um parasitic relationships we were talking about before like 
in the ecosystem, there's so many organisms that are parasitic. Some of them are healthy relationships. Some of them are unhealthy relationships where nevertheless, they still co-depend on each other, you know, for whatever existence. So I feel like there's certain parasites in our day-to-day life. And like you said, with those abusive relationships, you start to rely on that person because they provided a certain level of comfort. A lot of times we find ourselves looking at the past relationship actions. We're like, oh, but, you know, this one time he bought me flowers. So, you know, he's a good guy. He's just really stressed at work. And that's why he punches me in the face on Sundays. Like, no, that's, you, you can't equate the past behaviors with new behaviors. You know what I mean? If there's a certain divide, you have to be able to realize that, like, yo, this is not a healthy relationship anymore. And it gets hard because there's times where you're with one person all the time. And then you start thinking, like, damn. I don't think anybody else is going to like me for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because some relationships, they'll put you down to the point where it's like, you can't feel comfortable in your own skin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the jobs. Like, you get complacent at the job. You're like, yo, I don't think anybody else is going to hire me. But, you know, until you put them feelers out, until you start applying at other jobs, until you get to that breaking point, you're not going to know what the world has to offer you. And, I mean... If you look at all the people in the world and all the jobs in the world, it's like create an abundance mindset for yourself because you're not going to fail with that abundance mindset. We we talk about that all the time. Yeah. I remember I was watching um the Gary V uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I was watching his podcast and he was saying like, "Yo, if you're trying to build something for yourself, you need to be on social media, applying to or not applying, but like reaching out to like four thousand people. So maybe it's like four thousand people in that field that you like that you want to get into. About a hundred of them are going to respond." But even though the odds aren't like that great, one out of a four, one hundred out of four thousand, it's not great odds. But it's better than you not talking to anybody at all. You know what I mean? One hundred people responding to you, you have a hundred opportunities now, as opposed to not putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And what you said, as far as like a job may not like me, no one else is going to hire me, no one mm-hmm. else is going to want me. Um, that's why self content is a huge factor. You have to have that content within yourself initially, mm-hmm. which you which you'll learn to develop if you don't have it already when mm-hmm. you separate from someone. And what you also realize is the value of yourself. Because another thought that we'll mm-hmm. run into is that, man, I won't find no one else like them. Like, forget oh, yeah. about you. You may kind of opposite. Feel, I, won't feel, I won't find anyone else like them. But like you said, there's, a, there's really billions of people in this world. So, like, you will eventually. And that person may be special. That person may, like, be like, one of a kind. We're all we're all unique in a certain way. So you may not find something just like them, but you may find another great option. And if it's healthier, one, it could be healthier. Two, you don't know what it's like until you actually date a new person. You may think that that last person was the pinnacle. Like nothing's mm-hmm. gonna break this. And yeah. I've had that experience dating mm-hmm. people, and I'm like, oh nah, it, it ain't getting better than this. Ain't no one gonna cater mm-hmm. to me like this. Then I meet someone new, and I'm like, oh okay. All right, and there's levels to this. There's another level, or at least, or maybe they may do it a little different where it's like, I enjoy this too. So you learn more about yourself the more you put yourself in new experiences. Like, again, if you're in a job you don't like, how about you check out a different type of work? You've been doing one field of work for the past five to six years. Maybe let's try something else that has always piqued your interest, but you won't know how much you actually like it until you immerse yourself in that completely and maybe build a new love for it. So um, a huge part of, like I said, um, separating from toxicity is finding yourself mm-hmm. and reestablishing your value in yourself because 
when you've allowed yourself to stay attached to a situation that's toxic, it's also mm -hmm. because you are replaying in your mind the value that they have. You're like, oh, but this is a great job. Oh, but this right, is a right. good person. What if I don't find one else like this? What if I don't find another job like this? But they're fucking draining me, but still it's a great job. Once you separate, you're like, okay, so, all right, now I have no other choice but to think. I mean, I have no other choice but to act because, mm -hmm. you know, the job is gone. That person is gone. Now what you going to do? Oh, I'm mm -hmm. going to step up. I'm going I'm to I'm self-improve myself. I'm going to see my value. I can bet on me if nothing else at the end of the day. You learn to bet on yourself and know that you can trust yourself if you can't trust anybody else. And if anyone's going to come into this homeostasis that I've developed now, mm -hmm. you better be bringing something to enhance my life. Like, if not, then either I'll keep you as a cordial friend or we don't really have to hang out because I'm actually content and I worked hard for this and I'm not trying to sacrifice the new me to, and, and I'm damn sure not letting myself go back to what I used to be. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here or I'm going to elevate and someone coming into my life has to add to that elevation. I agree. Um, one of the main things I was going to say was everything you were you were speaking about it all comes back to time frame i feel like we sit there and be like oh i can't find another job or i can't find another person because you have to think about the value of time you say i put in 10 years with this job i put in 10 years with this person you know i'm 32 now it's not going to get much better from here you know i might as well just stick it through you know or like if you're on a job like i put in 10 years 15 more years to my pension Ugh. i already did 10 you know i could do a 15 more or well, I could do 10 more for sure and then half of that yeah you know what I mean so we start to rationalize based on the factor of time and I think that's another key thing is like um I read a post somewhere saying that people will debate about going to a four-year college because they say well shit I'm 30 right now if I go to a four-year college I'll be 34 when I graduate what's the hiring market going to look like for a 34 year old and I have I'm gonna have these loans like but nevertheless and four years is still going to be 34 and you're not in college. What did you do instead of college that was better? You know what I mean? What do you do to better prepare yourself? So we can't look at time as that fact of like, damn, I already put so much invested into here. It's like, all right, but now you still have X amount of years left on in your life. What else can you do that's better than what you've already accomplished? How can we look forward and be better than ourselves? Um, I want you to respond to that, but I also want to kick, which kick it back real quick because I have something else interesting I wanted to bring up. Uh, you want to know how they can use the time, like as far as how they should view time in this, like like whether it comes to a job or like making decisions. Well, I just figured you probably had a response queued up already. So if you don't got a response, I'll just go to the next topic then. I mean, yeah, let's go to the next one because you broke okay. it down pretty good. And, and okay. I feel like let's say you in a job, I mean, and you feel like, like, again, like time is not on your side, like maybe you can still gain hours or gain years in that job, gain the tenure so that you can... Um, get, let's say, a retirement fund, but maybe you do part-time hours, so you're only there four hours a day while you're building mm -hmm. something else, okay. um, and that allows you to still add up the time at that job, but also maybe start something new at another job, and I definitely wouldn't let time be a factor in whatever you feel will add value to your life, because tomorrow mm -hmm. isn't promised. We could we could die tomorrow, like, so you're planning for four or five years out, but you don't know about that, or you could live, live to 100, so if you're 30-something, what is that in the scope of a, of 100 years? You still got 70 years left. Exactly. So like, we don't focus on time so much. Like, I'm not saying be negligent and ignorant to the fact, but like, don't let time or like any type of restraint that you feel dictate an intuitive pull that you feel. 
always mm-hmm. go with your intuition. And, I, and I'm a testament to that because anytime I follow my intuition, it all makes sense. And mm-hmm. some pieces to the puzzle you can't see right now, but they'll come in place. It may be in a year, maybe in five months, maybe in two years. Who knows? But follow the intuition. Don't focus on the bullshit. Don't focus on the superficial thing. Time is just a man-made construct. Right. So I sent you a video like yesterday or the other day. It was like a TikTok. Did you watch that or not? Nah? Yeah. I, yo, I meant to tell you, like, I felt like that was all scripted, though. They didn't look real. Like, the way the guy was acting. Nah, I don't was, know. I don't wasn't know. It was like a real scenario. He was just like, what? What? Oh, what? Oh, he, he was right. acting. But it, it did prove a good point, though. I'm not saying that that can't And that's what I want to bring up, too. Yeah. So, like, pretty much that whole interview thing that I showed you, he does that shit on his channel all the time. So I don't know how scripted that incident was right there, but he does it all the time. And I think that's one of those bad behaviors that we are endorsing as a public. Like he gets so many views, he gets so many likes on them. So what he's looking at is like, shit, I'm getting paid to do this. I'm rarefied. I might as well continue these negative behaviors. So for the audience, I'm going to break it down. I think his name is... Uh, Why don't you show him? You got it on your phone? Just show him. I don't know if it's going to come out clear. We could pull we'll it up real quick. Yeah. Yo, you know what I was thinking? Like, sometimes if we got someone we want to ask a question to, even though if they can't show up, like a guest, we could just, like, call them real quick. And they could hear it. They could, people could hear them through the, through the phone. Okay, hold on. All right. So, this is, um, what's his name? Swagboy Q. Uh-huh. You can see it clearly? Yeah, I can see clearly. Actually, I'm going to use her for the video. I so the reason why i felt like it was scripted real quick if you look at it like bro we every he's talking on a microphone wherever he's talking you can hear it. he's like what huh what i'm trying to hear what you're saying like bro you hear her like you doing that part for the video like I, we can hear what he's saying and she's saying, no, that's not my boyfriend. Like, come on, we know what that is, bro. I don't, I don't know because, like, the way he's holding his phone, I think he's using it as an audio recorder. So he's, like, talking to her lowly. But, like, it's picking up loud because the microphone's right here. Meanwhile, somebody else is recording the visual. So then he edits the video and adds the audio track to that and syncs it up. I think that's how he edits his videos. But whether it's synced or not, I feel like he's got 2.4 million likes, 21.4 thousand comments. 24.6 thousand shares. So, nevertheless, people are endorsing this activity. Yo, nevertheless is your favorite word, yo. That's your favorite word. Here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, anyways, nevertheless, that um, that whole activity right there of him going around interviewing people, he does that kiss on the cheek one time and then kiss on the cheek for the culture and then kisses the girls on the lips. That's his whole channel pretty much. But now that's a toxic behavior because you're literally spreading um, home-wrecking rules in a sense. Like, Shorty just denied her man, and then she said, oh, yeah, I like black guys. And then she doesn't care about giving you a kiss. Like, when she kisses you on the lips, it's not like she's like, oh, shit, why'd you do that? 
she doesn't care you know what i mean and i think our the, that generation that's watching the tiktoks and this generation below us they always make fun of or share toxic behaviors as a meme or something like that I so it's kind of like you're giving it more life as opposed to realizing what it actually is you know what i mean so i want to get your whole take on that um i want to ask you this though real quick um now do you feel like they're like someone doing what that guy just did on the video you showed us is that really home wrecking or was she already bound to do that because she she just needed the opportunity so if you're not about that life first of all ain't no girl i'm with gonna be separating from me while we're while some other dude is telling me to turn my back and you kissing him on the cheek that first kiss would never happen because once she did that i would have dipped like and nine times out of ten, she probably wouldn't even did it or like separate it, especially if we together like that. That's not gonna happen. So my thing is she was already a toxic person. She just needed the she that guy actually helped homeboy because she just needed the right experience or mm -hmm. situation to reveal her toxicity. So mm -hmm. it just it ref, which we're gonna talk about down the line about experiences are a reflection of us, yeah. you know, how we feel and think. That was just a reflection of who she is, if you ask me, because he can't get away with that with every woman. Now, he got away with it with her, which shows more about her opposed to him instilling toxicity now into the relationship. So, so that, like I said, that's his whole stick for his channel. She already seen his channel, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because he, his caption was like um, something about she knows who I am. or She's seen me on TikTok or whatever, so she knows what I am or who I am. She knows I'm TikTok famous. So, so if she you knows it. You know who, if you know who he is and you know how he gives it up, I think she was already primed for the opportunity to clout chase. You know what I mean? But as far as homewrecking, uh, I feel like, yeah, she already had those toxic behaviors instilled in her. She was already um, primed to homewreck that relationship. Maybe if she wasn't cheating on him already, she is now. Um, maybe she's done it before and the guy's like already fed up with this shit. Who knows? Um... But I feel like this guy, Swagboy Q, is bringing it out of them. Like, if somebody's primed for it, that don't mean you have to bring it out of them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Nah, like that's, that's a situation. situation. That's on her. That's on her to me. Because if if she's in the club without her boyfriend, she's doing the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying, like, she's primed to cheat. But he's going out there and he's, like, pretty much exposing it, pretty much. You can't he's finding all these girls that are doing that shit. You know what I mean? He's Fine. finding all... He's doing this to all the girls that he runs into. He's done this interview. If they have a man, he's still trying to get a, a kiss on the cheek. And he's doing that to every girl he meets type of shit. So I'm feeling like he's also a bad part of that equation. You know what I mean? She's already primed. Like, we've already seen that because she gave it up easy. But he's also instilling that, like, that freedom. Like, yo, we're just doing it for t uh, um, TikTok. I was going to say Twitter. We're just doing this shit for TikTok. It's just fun and games. Like, he's pr playing around with the toxic behaviors. It's a temptation. You know I mean? It's just a temptation. Yeah. Like, it don't mean that she didn't have it in her already. She already had it. And she decided to show it. Yeah. Like, that's my take yeah. on it. Like, if you if you don't eat candy and you're like, yo, I don't eat candy. Like, I don't give a damn what it is. I don't eat sweets, let's say. Mm -hmm. If someone lays out a 16-piece donut package right there in front of you, you're mm -hmm. not going to eat it. If you are someone who's on the fence, like, I do kind of eat sweets. I'm trying to stay away. It's like a girl, like, I'm trying to be loyal, but I do kind of want to see what's out there. And that opportunity presents itself and you bite it, you just expose, you just, you, a part of you that already existed was exposed in you. But mm -hmm. if that's not even in your way of thinking or something you don't do, like you can put all the cocaine in front of me that you want right now, I'm not gonna do cocaine. 
Mm-hmm. That's just me personally. Yeah, yeah. Now, if it was something like, I tried just a little bit, like I'm not sure, like then you may have me, but that was already in me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, I think that in that type of situation, it was a mirror. The mirror was shown in front of her as mm-hmm. to what she already had the potential to do. I agree. I agree. Um, but now let's talk about the fact that, nevertheless, it is a toxic situation that they're both placed in. He's promoting the toxic situation. Why is it that this generation is thriving off of this toxic shit? Like, I don't know if you ever um, look at the memes where his future involved with some chick or he's a meme where he has, like, a toxic quote or whatever. Like, they use him as, like, the brand ambassador of toxicity. <laughs> like, that ass. <laughs> I've never seen that, but I, I know that toxic is, like, an overused word nowadays and everyone's saying mm-hmm. toxic, toxic, toxic. So we really don't, like... Whenever you oversaturate something, it kind of yeah. loses its like impact, its value. loses its yeah. value or like its significance in a sense. So, I do, you know, another synonym for toxicity is like poison or like heartbreak or like depression or like um, low value belittlement, um, abuse. Like these are all synonyms just to show how important that word is or how strong or significant it really is. Like. Um, so as far as like people making it a, like a theme or a thing, I don't get it. I don't, like, I think especially younger generation kind of, cause it's kids I work with, you know, through my life coaching business and they feel like they almost make fun of, cause think about it. TikTok is mo- mo- mostly comedy. <laughs> it's mainly younger people is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Mainly younger people use it. Yeah. So what I've learned is working with teenagers, they actually make fun of like, traumatic situations yeah like i remember there was one dude who got like uh body slammed on his neck and like he got paralyzed type thing mm-hmm. and one of my kids is showing it to me and it's like yo look at this yo he slammed you on his neck like uh, like he was hype about it like almost like he wanted to do that you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah. so i think it's because it's a lack of experience on their end they haven't been through certain things to see like what's a joke and what's not so if we have a younger crowd dictating a channel that's really flaring up and really exposing like getting ex- like broadening or whatever you want to ex- expanding um you're going to be it's going to be it's going to be vulnerable or prone to having a lot of messages that are negative or not resourceful be spread that's what i think it is as far as tiktok is concerned no that, that actually makes a lot of sense there um shit. that's pretty good i, I really have no comeback for that because you, you really took all the words right there you, you put it in a nice format there but shit, we're around 30 minutes. I mean, just wrap it up real quick unless you got something to add to it. No, nah, that's pretty much it. I just want to thank everybody for listening. Mm-hmm. Again, this is the Competent Conversations podcast. We hope you got something from uh, this episode on toxicity. Mm-hmm. We want you to know that you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. You can yep. find us on YouTube. Um, you can find me on social media. My Instagram is Richard underscore Neil. Facebook is Rashard Neal, Snapchat, uh, Rashard.Neal, email, ffclifecoaching at gmail.com. I said it wrong on the last episode, so anyone who heard it, like, oh, is it Freedom Fit? Is it F-? The email is ffclifecoaching at gmail.com. But, um, again, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe, and share this episode. Taekwon, let them know your information, man. You can find me on Instagram and Snapchat at All I Do Is Fit. And Facebook is Taekwon Lino. Email is all I do is fit at gmail.com. 
And I'm not sharing my TikTok unless you follow my Instagram. So there it is. Oh, you got a TikTok? <laughs> of I course I got a TikTok. Yeah, I'm chilling with all the little kids now. We we gang ganging out here. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> nah, I, I use it because um it actually is one of the most fastest growing uh social media platforms out there. That's so to to grab to gain a um stronger following for the fitness crowd, they do have like a certain crowd of that. So I was like, fuck it. It's like a lot more viewership on there. So I just use it for the fitness-based things. No, that's dope. I'll probably venture yeah. into it when it yeah. makes sense for me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I like to stay open to anything that could be an opportunity to spread a message or like just to get my message across. So, mm-hmm. or and just have fun while you're doing it. So exactly. I see people having fun with it, but I may check it out and see what it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. All right. Anyway, thanks for you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys as always. Feel free to search us up on social media and follow our channels and platforms, and we'll get back to you guys in the next episode. Alright, talk to y'all next time.